Hi again, everybody. Welcome in to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. I'm Scott Agnes. Today I'm inside the Indiana Roof Ballroom and pleased to be joined. Special guest here today, graced by the presence of Clark Kellogg, who's one of the honorees for the annual Pathfinder Award. CK, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Scott. Good to see you. And um, obviously this is a fantastic honor for, for me and my family and couldn't be more honored and humbled to uh, receive such an award and also to share the luncheon and the um, celebration and um, honoree platform with Tamika Catchings, who Mm -hmm. I have such great um, admiration, uh, respect, and love for because of who she is and what she's about. So uh, a win-win at a high level for me today. Yeah, for sure. Two of the best people I know. Well, I appreciate that. Which is awesome. And so this annual award, it's presented by the Indiana Sports Corp honoring individuals who have demonstrated a commitment to improving the lives of America's youth. Why is that such an important goal and mission of yours throughout life? One of your many things you're doing. There's so many um, reasons that's resonated and been part of who I've been throughout my life. Um, I start with God because he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Uh, The platform I've been afforded through basketball has been one that gives me an opportunity uh, to influence others. But even if it wasn't that, the fact that I was raised by parents that demonstrated caring and sharing, uh, it got into my spirit and desiring to uh, help others reach their potential and young folks especially because I like to say I'm in the third quarter of my life's journey and there are a bunch of folks, those millennials that are in the first quarter and they will be third quarter people at some point. So if there's any way we can touch, empower, inspire, encourage, um, help them to be their very best then, Uh, the future is bright. So I've always felt uh, responsibility and a privilege to be able to try to impact other folks, particularly young folks. You always seem to be one going out and and talking with various groups and maybe one-on-one or maybe in a A combination type of things. What's your general message you have uh, to these groups? Well, it all starts with me, um, starts with faith, a foundation of faith. Um, I'm a Christian. I gave my life to Christ back in 1986 Uh, That's the driving force and center of who I am. And out of that um, comes a desire to uh, share my faith with other folks, um, but also to share my life, ups and downs, good and bad, in an effort hopefully to help folks uh, realize and give consideration to their own faith journeys, but also to the um, influence that they desire to have in their sphere of influence. So typically I talk faith, attitude, and effort because those are universal principles. They don't discriminate. And they have timeless relevance and application. So typically I frame my comments anytime I get to speak to young folks around faith, attitude, and effort, and owning their own journey um, in life. You were drafted by the Pacers, spent, I think, five years yeah. in the NBA before injuries. And I look at you right now, you got a, <laughs> a minor injury with your right foot. What's yeah. going on here? I actually had some corrective surgery, some bunion surgery that I had to get addressed. This was a good window for me to do it in because I'm not quite – up and at it with the college basketball season. Um, was able to get through the golf season without any problems. That's important. That was because initially I was thinking of doing it in May, and now I'm just in the um, third week of recovery. It's about a five- to eight-week recovery process, but hopefully I'll be more weight-bearing in a couple of weeks and be ready to um, get started with the college hoop season um, in December. At what point in your life did you make it a desire of yours to start impacting youth and, and- helping others that maybe are less Uh, fortunate than you are. Man, I'd have to say going back to my freshman, sophomore year in high school. All the way back to high school. Yeah, yeah, because um, I was a pretty – I'm the oldest of five, um, so I have some of the typical firstborn Mm -hmm. 
attributes and, and personality traits. So I wanted to please my folks. I wanted to be uh, well-respected. And I found early on that being able to give yourself to others, especially when you, got, when you started to get to a place of um, recognition because of basketball and then seeing how that influence could maybe impact other folks because they're looking at you in, in a positive way. Um, so it kind of started there. And I had a lot of people, my, fam- my parents, extended family, uh, certainly the folks that I uh, w- was under in high school at St. Joseph High School in Cleveland. Uh, it became um, really a, f- a fairly early part of me to think about how you carry yourself, but also how you might be able to positively help other people. You mentioned your family, your parents, and all. Were those? The, was that the group that had such traumatic? Oh no question. Yeah, I've lost. Yeah. Oh no question. My mom and dad. Clearly, I mean, anytime I, I'm recognized or honored, I think about what they put in me, and my siblings in terms of a good name and a good example. Uh, neither one of them are no longer here, but uh, I carry with, with me their, uh, their example of love and commitment and caring and sharing and. I'm grateful for the foundation I had because of um, their commitment to each other and their commitment to us. I'm curious, one of the things throughout Tamika Ketchings' his final year was they asked a lot of people to give one word to define her. Do you have one word that you could define her with? Since you forced me to go one, there's so many. Uh, oh, I would just easily, say passionate. Yeah. yeah. She's, I love the way she plays. I mean, when you watch her play, there's a joy and an exuberance a purposefulness, an intensity, uh, and that carries over into everything she does. You know, with her Catch the Stars Foundation, uh, I don't know exactly what she anticipates and what she plans going forward, but I know she'll. I think go. it's changed several times. Yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. That year. sounds, but it's a process for her. But she has such great passion for what she does, for people, her faith. Uh, passionate would probably be the word I would land on if I only could pick one. Ketch was able to plan it out a couple of years ahead of time. She said, you know, in two years after the Olympics, and it worked out. Thankfully, no big injuries that final year. You weren't so fortunate. Yeah. Injuries derailed your career. How did you adjust How, you know, to that sudden stoppage of, of what you had known to that point? Scott, I don't want to say it wasn't difficult. It was hard. It was really difficult. I shed tears countless times because I was just beginning to understand the kind of work I would need to do to get to the goals that I had set for myself as a player, what I wanted to be as a leader, um, how I wanted to be part of a Pacers resurgence to get to the playoffs and experience that and all of that uh, obviously never came to fruition. Um, but my faith was really the anchor. Uh, I didn't know exactly what I would do in the future once basketball was taken away at 26, but I had given my life to Christ, and I knew Christ held my future, and I really uh, sought to just honor him and then ultimately got a chance fairly quickly to to move into the broadcasting space Mm -hmm. with Pacers Radio um, thanks to Donnie Walsh and the Pacer organization and that was the beginning of what's now been a 30-year career behind the microphone. It's interesting you mentioned your your devotion really began 1986. Yeah 85-86 yeah. That was wasn't that the year that basketball was Oh yeah that was in yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right it's interesting how God uses various people and circumstances in our life to maybe get our attention more than other times and I had encountered people that were followers of Christ and uh, had never really given it much thought or attention but when you're hurt as a pro athlete you're pulled out of the routine of airports hotels and arenas Uh, there was a local minister here who was uh, interested in sharing the bible with folks that were part of the NBA circle and um, I just sat down with him one day and 
that led to another day, multiple days, and then the, 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 uh, the, the act of word of God becoming real in my heart and me desiring to put my life in line with what the Bible says about how one should live. And from that point on, uh, that's been the source of my identity. Uh, everything else is, a, is an add-on to that. Then in 93, you joined CBS and started doing work with them, which you continue today, which yeah, we love. Thank you. Uh, and also got started working with the Pacers, which began a 32-year yeah. uh, a stretch part of your life. When you look back at your time with the Pacers, what, what are some of the thoughts that immediately come to mind with your time there, either as a player um, or in Well, it's all in encompassing office? because I really – my wife and I grew up here, basically. Um, came over here when I was 21, um, got married at 22. Lived over here from 84 to 93. Um, all three of our children have Indiana birth certificates. Uh, this community, this city, this state embraced me in a wonderful way, embraced me and our family. And as you're early in marriage and early in life, uh, early 20s is what I was when I came over here and mm-hmm. spent 10 years living here. Uh, this has a special place in my heart and in my growth and development. A ton of people that continue to be influential and, and good friends in my life. Um, so I'm extremely grateful for uh, the time that I spent here, the relationships that have been developed. But my thought is always one of gratitude for the experience, the people, the city, and how that's impacted and left a huge imprint on, on my heart and life. And so gratitude is really the one word that I would use to sum up the totality mm-hmm. of my thoughts around Indianapolis and being with the Pacers and being part of the uh, fabric of that um, 50-year-old organization now. Yeah. People certainly knew you as a player, know you as a broadcaster. What many people may have not known was your role in guiding the young guys, the the latter stages of your career as the vice president of player development, player relations. Um, and, And from that, Yet again, you're giving back to the younger guys and trying to give them some of that knowledge maybe yeah. that you wish you had yeah. uh, or that you've learned over the years. No question, man. I think it's important that we pay it forward, if you will, and you do that by going back. There are tons of folks that have helped me. Uh, I think of George McGinnis and Billy Knight, uh, the late Roger Brown. Even when I was just starting my career, those guys would offer snippets of um, wisdom and just their history and their excellence and success as players you want to aspire to that so anytime they could sow seeds they did and I feel it's a responsibility and privilege to do that with those coming behind you and not just in the sphere of sports but in life in general there's uh, great benefit to intergenerational relationships and connectivity so those of us that are a little older need to make sure that we embrace what the millennials bring and try to give them some of our wisdom Mm -hmm. that we get from experience we need their energy and their digital awareness and their tech not technological savvy so we need to combine those gen xers there's there's value in every generation and um, it's important to me to be a good steward of of what god has given me and opportunity and resources and abilities and to make sure that i'm um, using those um, for the good of others and not just for myself you mentioned tech savvy. You're all over Twitter. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say all over. I'm the WNBA <laughs> finals or oh, the yeah. NBA, a big time matchup last yeah, night or, yeah. or a Pacer game. Yeah. You're over there sharing your thoughts. Yeah, I, like I do. It. I enjoy it. I, like I try it. to be strategic and pick my spots, but I love sports and obviously basketball. I tend to be one of the few in my circle that embrace both the men's and women's game. I'm trying to convert some of my chauvinistic type buddies mm-hmm. to appreciate the quality of play that exists 
with the um, women athletes. They are superb. And I love the game. I really do, man. It's given me so much. And I love watching it, and I'm always trying to learn, too. You can pick up new terminology, new phrases, and so forth. So I'm watching as a fan, but I'm also watching um, because it's what I do uh, to take care of my family in terms of, of a job. And as a Cleveland sports fan, oh, man. Don't what even, has this year been oh, like man. for you? Just overall, you have the man. Cavs that won it yeah. and coming yeah. back from that 3-1 fashion, yeah. and then the Indians most recently. I know, man. So proud of the Indians. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I am a diehard Cleveland, Clevelander, um, long-suffering Browns fan. My experience with the Browns goes back to when I was seven or eight years. My dad and uncle were both Cleveland policemen and took me to games when I was – when I was um, growing up and then uh, had a special moment before my dad passed back in July uh, with the Cavs winning that championship. I was firmly convinced they were going to make it happen even when they were down 3-1. He was Mm -hmm. a little less confident, and when they did win it, we talked on the phone. He was in Cleveland. I was in Columbus. We got on the phone, and we talked for a couple of minutes. Then we couldn't even speak. We were both just so emotional to see them realize a championship the way they did it in historic fashion what that meant for LeBron and his coming back and what it meant to the people of Cleveland and northeastern Ohio and um, being um, one of the favorite sons of that era of that area and being a um, native of Cleveland it was just um, a great great feeling and then to see the tribe get to the brink there was no loser in that story between the Cubs oh, and the hey, Indians. If you're I gonna mean, let both teams win, know, that man. was the game. Like that I was t- fun. Like I told my wife, it was hard to be, it was hard not to be happy for the Cubs, for their fans, and for the city of Chicago. Even though I was disappointed that the Indians weren't able to do it, but what a run! What a great game! And uh, sports is one of the wonderful. Uh, galvanizers mm-hmm. of people across all races, all generations, classes, is the generations. Biggest, especially baseball. Yeah, yeah, like the right. Generational yeah, yeah, thing yeah, is, it is. It's yeah, just powerful. Been fun. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to reliving some of that from a historical context as time passes on. But enjoyed watching it and, and really proud and proud of and happy for the city of Cleveland. I'm just now getting to this, but I forgot you added a new title recently. Grandfather. <laughs> oh, man. Couple, uh, couple grandkids, yeah, correct? Yeah. Two in a matter of 25 hours, Scott. It <laughs> oh, was, man. Our daughter and our daughter-in-law gave birth late September, uh, both in the evening, one on the 28th, one on the 29th. And two little girls, Zuri, Zuri Rain Williams, and Eden Rose Jung Kellogg. And, man, I'm telling you, I really don't have words to describe. People told me what it would feel like, but... It's almost like having kids. You don't know it until you experience it, man. And we, we still don't have our feet on the ground. Uh, see them there. They're in Columbus with us, near us. Mm-hmm. And so we get to see them um, daily by oh, way of technology. Too. Not only do you have yeah. to, but they're right there. Yeah, they are right now. So um, it's been, it's been uh, bless, blessing beyond measure, joy indescribable is how I've shared it with yeah. Um, family and friends. People can't see it, but the joy in your face, oh, just, it's, it's, just grinning yeah. ear oh, to man. ear, like they a, made, just a special feeling. It, it is, man. It's, uh, and that's another generation. I mean, I'm watching my kids be parents Absolutely. now, watching them handle that privilege, blessing, responsibility, um, desiring to help them as we can, and then obviously wanting to impart whatever we can in, in good seed to our, uh, our granddaughters. Um, so mm-hmm. life is full. Life is full and life is good, man. Is, is your son completely done with basketball? No, he actually um, just went to a trial with the Windy City Bulls, didn't make okay. it. So he's um, recalibrating and trying to figure out. That's Nick, our baby boy, still chasing the, the, um, 
professional basketball trail. So we'll see how he rebounds and pushes forward from this. But doing well, and um, I hope he continues to have a chance to play. But if not, hopefully he'll adjust accordingly and get ready for the next step. Well, I did want to hit on, too, the Pacers. This is a Pacers podcast, after all, and the team made a huge shift in the offseason, promoting Nate McMillan, um, and then the the influx of players changing the roster, now shifting more towards offense. And as I wrote today, the defense, 29th in the league. Early struggles to be expected. No question. Anytime you're making those kinds of changes in terms of how you're going to play, personnel, coaching staff, that's an awful lot. I just read something about life change units and how they can create stress and friction. And certain things create more life change stress. And when you talk about the things you just mentioned, that requires some time to work through it. Although the NBA doesn't give you a ton of time with the way the games show up. But patience is important. The ingredients are there. This is certainly a high-octane offensive team with the ability to be effective defensively. I don't know if they'll be a dominant defensive team, but they have a chance to be better than where they are. And if the offense continues to grow and click and you build some defense around that, now you've got a a, a team that could maybe um, find itself into one of the top four playoff spots in the east here in recent history they've really been a top three defense yeah, in, in yeah. the east and it's not going to be that good i'm not expecting right, this by any means right, but i right. feel like as good as the offense could be whenever it's clicking on all cylinders yeah. you at least have to be a top 12 oh yeah no question you want to be middle if you get middle of the road and you can be elite offensively that's good enough to win a lot of games and compete in yeah. the playoffs and again you have to customize it to your personnel you can't win consistently being near the bottom of the league defensively, it just, it just doesn't work. Mm-mm. But you don't have to be elite defensively if you're very good offensively and better than average defensively. Yeah. And if you can bring that consistency every night, then you blend those two things and that'll, that'll get you a lot of Ws. How about the change in the coach? Going back to Nate McMillan. Yeah, yeah. His- interesting, interesting yeah. dynamic when that unfolded. Um, I'm obviously looking at it from a distance. Uh, but um, read the comments from Larry Bird, and obviously he's been overseeing the franchise quite well since his time as a coach and then moving into the front office. Uh, well, sorry to see Frank go. I thought he had done a really nice job. But change is inevitable, particularly in our business uh, of basketball, be it college or pro. It happens. And Nate obviously is a proven head coach and has a group that I think can be quite successful. And now it's a matter of working the pieces together. And I see Frank and Orlando, a um, bit of a struggle here early on, but it's a long, long grind. And you just have to work the process, stay consistent to your beliefs and your values, and continue to move folks forward. And if you can have that kind of patience and stay focused, then typically you'll reap what you sow. And I think both are going to do fine. Yeah, and Frank and Orlando, that's even going to take more time. Yeah, yeah. Believe, oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're bringing in a whole new system, yep. philosophy, yep. Yeah. Coaches in general. At yeah. least there was some continuity from the assistant coaching yeah, standpoint exactly. here with the Pacers. Exactly. Yeah, anytime you try to restart and reset, then there are going to be some growing pains. It's just inevitable. But you need to do it because sometimes things have gotten stale. You want to go in a different direction. You want to try to reach higher than what you think you could with the current. So you, you shuffle the deck, and then you try to make it happen. I found change never easy. No, it's not. Sometimes it is the right thing no for, for both sides, no too, because yeah. it could jumpstart you, maybe maybe get you out of a comfort zone um, to continue to doing what you had done, yeah. even if it was somewhat successful. And I agree with you wholeheartedly, and not just in terms of organizations, but in terms of us individually, too. We need those moments where we uh, are forced 
sometimes to step out of our comfort zone. And sometimes it's forced upon us in an unpleasant manner. Other times we can see that change is required and we take the step proactively to step into change and embrace it. And the key is to embrace it, to look at it realistically, and to realize it's part of growth. It's not failure or success. It's growth. And growth is uh, what you want to always be doing in your work as a professional in your personal life. And change is uh, one of the ingredients to having that happen. And, Clark, you talk about uh, growth and Paul George. You worked with him his rookie season in those first several years. What are you seeing with him and able to get that gold medal from that injury, yeah, which was man. very, very neat, and now easily a top ten player in Without the Without question. And you saw it early on, his hunger and desire to want to be a franchise-type player, to want to be elite in every sense of what that word means, growing as a leader, understanding that responsibility and privilege. I'm really proud of his growth and development, but knew he had the ingredients within himself. And then once he began to understand through experience – the quality of work, the intensity of work required, the uh, sacrifices that have to be made. You see all of that unfold, and it takes time. There's no way to get to it early or easy, but he is actually uh, – I smile every time I see him work because uh, he's put in the work, and he's reaping the benefits of that, taking advantage of his God-given abilities, um, embracing the role as the franchise's face and leader, and uh, Pacers are in good hands with that young man doing what he's doing and growing the way he's growing. As a former player in the league, what is it like from the outside now to see just the ridiculous amount of money <laughs> going around to guys? you got average guys getting $50 oh, million dollar hey, contracts. It's all relative, Scott. I mean, the guys that played before <laughs> me didn't travel first class. I mean, sure. it's relative when you look at it. And clearly, it's always a function of the revenue being generated. And the revenue, I just was reading in the SBJ Sports Business Journal about the NBA about to become an $8 billion business in terms of revenue with the new TV contracts between ESPN and Turner, uh, merchandise. The fact that it's a global game seems to continue to be more runway for continued growth because of the global nature of the game, the quality of play. Um, you can argue that. It'll be interesting to see how, how global they go. Yeah, right? Because it yeah, seems like there's real opportunity Oh, there. my goodness. No question about it. And how do you leverage that and take advantage of it? But the game is in a great place. Players are fantastic. It's entertaining. Fans are enjoying it. Um, it's a year-round sport now because mm-hmm. it gets coverage and conversation all the time. So uh, I'm happy for the players, always happy for the players. They take advantage of the um, circumstances that are available to them now. And I just pray they all be good stewards of the game and of the opportunities they have and the resources that the game provides. And uh, do well with it for themselves, their families, and others. College basketball season right around the corner. Yeah. You'll be back with CBS yes, sir. Studio, and will we also see you? I on might the get out for well? a few games. Yeah, Good. I typically get out the last three years since I've been back in the studio primarily. I get out usually in January, February for a couple of games. I love being courtside, and CBS affords me that opportunity a handful of times. Uh, looking forward to the season. It's always a new story. And um, should be some good basketball here in Indiana with the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, at the top of the heap in terms of the Big Ten. Uh, Wisconsin probably in that mix as well. Uh, but looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out. Yeah, and we'll be following your coverage on CBS, mostly weekends. Yeah, uh, typically. That's or, how we do we'll it. See yeah, that, and then, the, then I get um, – five months of coverage in the month of March because we're on pretty much all the time. And the Bulldogs would be pretty good, too. 
Butler Bulldogs, Chris Holtman and his group. They I always fly under the radar. They you do a little know. bit, but I keep them on my radar all the time because I know Chris and I know what that program is and has been and look for them to have uh, another strong year in the Big East. Well, Clark, thanks so much for sitting down with me today. You're accepting Pathfinder Award with Tamika Catchings. You both are, are being honored here at the Indiana Roof Ballroom, and I can't think of two better candidates for something like this. Well, I appreciate that, Scott. Really excited and, uh, and grateful. Thank you, man. Keep up the great work. I appreciate it. That's Clark Kellogg here on the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Yeah.